Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. Hey there, hey there, hey there. Happy Friday, everybody. Wouldn't you know, it's a brand new month. March the 1st, 2024. Happy March. March is a great month. Let's see, you got opening day baseball about four weeks away. You got the NCAA tournament happening in about two and a half weeks. You got the NBA and the NHL coming down the home stretch. You got NFL free agency get underway in about 10 days. Am I leaving anything out? Am I leaving anything out? Got a couple of Masters 1000s in the tennis world, too, out at Indian Wells in Miami, if that floats your boat like it does me. But nevertheless, this is a good sports month. We've made it through the ich of February. Now we are on to March N. This is the Dan Grasso Show, live in living color, right here, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Full, uninterrupted vehicle. Till 9 o'clock tonight, then we turn things over to Anita. She's got the weekend wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You can get me on the old X at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. Got the Saturday show tomorrow, too, so quick turnaround. You'll hear me again tomorrow at 9 for our Saturday morning get-together. But Chantel's here tonight, and Anthony Pusick is hanging out as well. Anthony had so much fun yesterday. When Don and I were doing the K show, he's like, you know what? I'm going to stick around for the Friday show. And so, you know what? He said, that's all right. I did TMKS for three and a half hours. I'm going to stick around for a little bit more. He just can't get enough content. The guy loves content. He's a workaholic. That's what he is. And Anthony, are you there? Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi. Are you feeling all right? You're doing okay? I'm good. How yeah. are you? So I, I have to defend myself here a little bit because I, I it was told to me, it was yeah. communicated to me. That I, I received some strays earlier today sure in the did. early portion of TMKS, courtesy of my buddy Don. And, and apparently I'm the bad guy for blowing up a potential post-show meal yesterday that would have happened between the four of us. Well, listen, um, that's what happened, yes. Um, it was tough, but they didn't appreciate your chicken excuse. But but but, but you know, because you were there when I was, this whole yep. thing took place. Mm-hmm. Was it not sincere and legitimate? It was. It, you were sincere. But it was as a you thousand know. percent sincere. If look, if I wanted to lie, there's no reason to lie about like chicken. People, no, you know, no. I mean, if I wanted to lie, I would have just you know come up with something crazy. Or you know what? If I didn't want to go, I would have said I don't want to go. Like I, we know each other well enough to where like if I'm just not feeling it, I would have said I don't want to go out to dinner. But the chicken excuse is sincere, and here I'll explain it. I, I, I don't know if it warrants an explanation, but I'm going to give one anyway, just because I want to get whatever misconceptions that are out there that I'm this bad guy. I just want to make those go away. So one of the things that my wife makes, which is is fantastic, it's like a panko chicken. It's fantastic. Love the panko. It's uh, the bread. Cr- it's 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 superb. Is like, it her birthday, it by days. the way? No, it's not. And that's another... I mean, he got that wrong, too, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was her birthday. I was like, last time I checked, it was, and I haven't wrapped anything. No, that'll be on Monday, as a matter of fact. The missus' birthday coming up on Monday. Um, so, 
I said to him, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to go to dinner tonight because this was yesterday was night two of the chicken dinner. You made so much chicken that you eat it on Wednesday and then you got the leftovers and you got to eat it again the next night because you know me, I'm not going to eat it for a third day in a row. That's like out of my playbook. There's no page in it whatsoever. It's a lot of so chicken. So it's only got, right, it's only got two days. And there's this nice like white cilantro rice. It almost could pass for like the white rice that they have at Chipotle, which you put in the bro. It's, 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 I'm telling you, it's to die for. It's fantastic. So that was the plan. Now, and this is where Don has to accept some blame about trying to organize this post-show meal. And you can vouch for this because you were on the text chain. The text came down somewhere in the vicinity of 12 o'clock in the afternoon, did it not? Yes, that day, yes. Okay, so I'm literally walking out the door. Plans have already been made as far as what the dinner is going to be. I'm not a single guy. I don't live on my own. It's not like I'm sitting here eating Pop-Tarts and frozen pizza. Like, no, we actually like plan things ahead as to what we're going to eat. I can't leave the other person hanging without food. If I say, no, screw that, I'm going to go for the post-show meal. So if he wants to accept some blame, he was very late to initiate the meal suggestion. If he would have said, hey, on Tuesday, we should go out for food after the show, I would have been all for it. You would have been all for it. We would have, Jacob would have went. We would have had a nice communal get together. But the fact that he waited so long, knowing full well that we were doing the show on Thursday, I mean, this has been in the works for weeks. Like we knew that this was happening. That is where he has to accept some of the blame here. Well, listen, it was it was definitely a spur of the moment ask. Um, would have liked a little bit more notice for sure. Thank you. I, I, I don't think you're wrong in that. No. All but right, to, I, to be I, to, to be against you on it. Look, I'm trying to play both sides here because I love both of you. Um, but yeah, I could see where it was a it was an ask that you were shocked by at 12 o'clock. I, see, I don't have an exact time for the text because it was like part of a group of texts. And because he's not an iPhone guy, he's got to be like the lone wolf that's not part of the thing. So it, it happens sometime after 1120 in the morning. That's all I know. But like I said, I think it was still in that like noon ballpark, which is too late. The chicken was already cooked. Chicken was cooked. The chicken and it was fantastic, by the way. I enjoyed every last ounce of it. And you know what? I'm glad I did it. I did. I did the right thing. I slept well after it. Clean conscience. And I'm good to go. But you know what? Next time we'll organize the meal. There's no problem. And we'll, and we'll plan We've properly. done it before. We've done. And, and the meal is fantastic. Love the camaraderie. It just couldn't happen last night on the short notice. That is it. So anybody that was listening and thinks that I'm some bad guy, it's not me. It's not me. It was a valid excuse. And to sit here and throw cold water on the excuse like I'm just pulling it out of thin air, that's not the case. All right? None whatsoever. Just wanted to clear that up here. Anyways, I think you've set yourself up nicely. I, you know, like I said, I hope I did. I hope I did it justice because I'm sitting, I'm like honest Abe. I'm like Abe Lincoln sitting here just spitting truths. And hopefully we'll spit some truths here over the next two and a half hours, taking it right up until nine o'clock on 98.7 ESPN. But let's get to the sports stuff because that's what people are tuned in for, not for who's to blame for the meal not coming to fruition. We got to start with the Knicks, unfortunately, because we talked about it yesterday on the show. And I said... You know, if the Knicks, if Brunson was going to go ahead and play and Hartenstein was going to play because they were questionable, if those guys were in the lineup at home, the Knicks, I thought, had a chance to will themselves to victory, even though Golden State's been playing better. You know, it's amazing. Clay Thompson, who everybody wants to put out in the old retirement home, since they moved him to the bench, Golden State's actually been playing some good basketball. You know, and, and the shame of it all for Golden State, not that anybody's feeling sorry for them because they got enough championship rings to last them a lifetime, that group. 
But even though as well as Golden State's been playing, like they're still 10th in the West. You know, it's like they're just an oh, by the way, they're, they're 10th in the West. Like, and if you flip that over the Eastern Conference, like right now Atlanta's 10th in the Eastern Conference. You talk about the haves and the have-nots between the two leagues right now. Like nobody's sitting there talking about the Atlanta Hawks as the 10th team in the East, but because it's Golden State and all the star power and the championships and the Hall of Famers, you got to pay them a little bit more mind. And I get that. I really and truly get that. But last night's game was a disappointment. And when you look at where this team is right now, you lost 7 of 9. You got 22 games left this season. And I'm going to throw this question out there, and I I really want to have a a nice discussion about this. Have the Knicks on March the 1st, in the year of our Lord 2024, have the Knicks peaked so far this season? Like, is there any more ascension possible for this group? I don't know that. I've been fairly optimistic with this team all season. I really and truly have. But like now with these injuries and really still no definitive timetable as to when they're all getting back. Because, you know, we always talk about like this myth about like, oh, you know, when they're healthy, when they're healthy, when healthy. We haven't seen this team healthy ever. Right. Like post Detroit trade. I'm trying to think Have they even played a game. No, they haven't. Mitchell Robinson's been gone since before Christmas. We have not seen this roster as it's intended to be yet, and we may not for the rest of the season. So here's my point. When they get healthy, what is healthy? Define healthy to me. Is it those guys are going to be in uniform and in the lineup? Because if they're just like suiting up, I mean, this could be like a Halloween party. It doesn't mean like you're ready to go win basketball games and go deep into the playoffs in a tough Eastern Conference. Randall's shoulder is not going to be 100% the rest of the season. So whenever he's deemed available to play, he's not going to be 100%. And you know, as well as I do, once the playoffs roll around, if the Knicks even get to the playoffs at this rate, but once the playoffs roll around, and if Julius Randall's out there playing, he's going to be compromised. And probably he's not going to go out there and average, you know, 25 and 10 like we expect him to, like the all-star he is, because he's hurt again in the playoffs. And you know that there's going to be some group of the fan base that's going to continue to beat on him and say he's not clutch, he can't get it done when it matters most, and they want to send them packing in the summertime. You know that it's going to happen. You could take out your little notebooks and write the story now. Maybe you could get it published. That is what is going to take place, and it's unfortunate. I defended him last year when he was out there on one foot trying to will this team and give it everything he could, but it just wasn't enough. OG Ananobi had the the procedure on his elbow. Got rid of those loose bodies in the elbow. That's great. Fantastic. It is his shooting elbow, though. Even though he had the surgery, is he going to be 100% for the rest of the season? I got no idea. Nobody does. And when Mitchell Robinson is ever given the green light to play. I mean, we're not exactly talking about the epitome of someone who's been durable throughout his NBA career. So even if the Knicks are quote-unquote whole, how good is that going to be this year? It just might not be good enough. And right now I'm starting to think it might not be good enough. And the guys that are out there right now, they are giving this team every single thing they possibly can, every ounce of energy. I mean, you see what Josh Hart is doing? Josh Hart sat last night, what was it, for 45 seconds? Played every other minute out there. Last five games, here's Josh Hart's playing time total. 44 minutes, 42 minutes, 42 minutes, 40 minutes, and 47 minutes. The guy's a machine. 
And he even said it after the game last night. Like, we don't have the audio. I don't think anybody had the audio because I haven't seen it surfaced anywhere. But he basically said, he's like, guys, what do, you, what do you want me to say? Look how many injuries we have. We're missing our entire front court. We're given everything we possibly can. Sometimes you just don't have enough players. And I know to some that might sound like excuse making, but it really and truly isn't. He's a thousand percent right. And you know what? He's one guy that deserves to talk because he's giving every last ounce of energy he possibly can. I mean, I'm old enough to remember, and you are probably too. Remember we would talk about this team as maybe being a two or a three seed? Like that was the ceiling, right? Finish second or third. Avoid the Boston Celtics till maybe the Eastern Conference Finals and you could go on some sort of a magical run. Wouldn't that be great? You're barely holding on to a top four spot now. And I'm, look, I'm not sitting here and being critical. Don't misconstrue what I'm trying to say. I do have a little sympathy for what's happened here. They've been dealt an awful hand of luck when it comes to these guys getting hurt. What do you expect this group to do? They're barely holding down to a top four spot. There's only a game and a half that separates fourth place from eighth place right now in the Eastern Conference. So just like that, you lose two more games. I mean, you're going to go to Cleveland on Sunday. Chances are you're not going to win that game because that team is playing like a machine right now and you don't have the firepower to go in there and beat them. There are four teams that are either even or within one game in the loss column of the Knicks right now in the Eastern Conference. So what are the expectations? And I never thought in a million years that we would ever entertain this conversation, but I think you have to at this point. This team is damn close to falling back into the playing tournament, and I never thought that that was ever going to happen. Despite the injuries, you still thought that they were going to have enough. And I know you got some home games coming up too after Cleveland, but then you're going out on the West Coast, right? And those games are not going to be easy. I know Portland's not good, but you go out there, it's never you just roll out the basketball and you think you're going to win. That never happens. Sacramento's going to be tough. Golden State just kicked your butt last night. Now you go to their building. And then you go play the champs. You don't think Denver is seething for a little bit of payback after you embarrass them at the Garden when all was right with the world, when you won you know, nine straight games and it looked like the Knicks were never going to lose again? It stinks. It really and truly stinks. And, and, and I think the question that needs to be asked right now is if this season continues for the final 22 games to play itself out like it's been, how is that going to influence the decision makers? Hmm? Is that going to alter the plan come summertime? I guess that's a question for Leon Rosen company. Got no idea. Do they look at it and say this is a failure, it wasn't good enough? I mean, look, you don't plan for injuries, you can't. Especially to this extent. You trade for a guy, he needs surgery. You win nine games in a row, one of your all-stars with two minutes left in a game that you're up by 20 goes up for a play and he comes down and injures his shoulder. You don't plan for that stuff. They went out there and surrounded this group with, you thought, quality depth. With enough pieces that should somebody get injured, you have something to fall back on. But not to this extent. I mean, this is just like crazy stuff. So where are the Knicks right now? State of the Knicks. Forecast for the final 22 games. And if it doesn't result in, let's say, even winning a round in the playoffs this year, do you change up the approach in the summertime? These are questions that have to be asked. And we're going to try to answer them. This is the Dan Grosser Show.
on 98.7 ESPN. Talking Knicks. Disappointing performance last night against the Golden State Warriors. And this team right now, they sit fourth in the East, but dropping with each passing day. And, and last night, too, it's funny. So, you know, we did the show, came home. And I told you, I was fairly optimistic going into that game last night. I get home and I put the TV on. It's 20 to 4. I said, what? 20 to 4? I, 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 I thought I wasn't reading the TV correctly. How? I mean, I know you got no players. And I know that's Golden State. And they could go off at any moment. But 20 to 4? And look, they battled back. You know, this team shows fight. This team shows heart. But they just don't have enough. That's what we've been saying. They just don't have enough right now. And this team, as presently constituted, they are not equipped to play from behind. They're just not. They don't have that firepower. And look, I know I was one of those guys before the trade deadline, and we were talking about who could the Knicks get, who were some of these targets on other teams that maybe could give this team a little bit of boost down the stretch. I was all into Alec Burks. I was. I thought he'd be a good fit, given the history with this team, with the coach. Guy does whatever you ask him to out on the floor. But he hasn't really done much. And for whatever reason, Tibbs just doesn't want to play him either. Like, what did he play last night? Ten minutes, if that? And Bogdanovich has been way too hot and cold for my liking. Now, I understand, you know, Bogdanovich is a complimentary piece. As one of these guys, if you have a full arsenal and he's somebody that's just giving you secondary scoring off the bench, great. I think he's perfect for that. But now you're asking him to do that when you're really not getting the scoring from your first unit that you expect him to. And that's where I think he kind of falls through the cracks a little bit on a team that the way that it's rolling right now with the Knicks. And I don't know if it's going to correct itself anytime soon. And I understand that like in the NBA, you got to earn your calls. You got to earn the whistles from the zebras. I get it. The stars get the calls. But I mean, last night, you got Draymond Green out there again, swinging his arm around, bloodying Dante DiVincenzo, no call. Right? CP3 getting into it with Jalen Brunson, no call. I I mean, come on. You got to call it both. Open your eyes. Not that it would have made a difference in the game, but I mean, enough is enough already. Jeez. All right, State of the Knicks, let's talk to you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Subi's in Midtown. He's starting us off here on 98.7. Hello, Subi. How are you? Hey, Dan. It's so obvious what you've been saying for the past 10 minutes because the rest of the um, staff on the ESPN radio has been singing the praises of all the Knicks players, even if they've been injured and whatnot. And what I'm trying to understand is, you know, they have all these first-round picks, um, why do why does the rest of the staff of ESPN think that any team is going to give a, like a Donovan Mitchell away or you know a Giannis away? That's not going to happen. And when McCall Bridges was available and the Nets wanted five first round picks, it's unreasonable, yes, but he's the only option on the table for the next couple of years. I don't see any star being available, and I think the Nets, you know, they they're smart that they hung on to him actually because if they get that play in seed and they're playing the Knicks, that would be a bad look if we lose against the Nets in the playoff tournament. And then all the karma of the past uh, couple of weeks where you know the staff of ESPN was making fun of the Nets is going to come back to haunt us. So I just feel like the call Bridges was worth it, and maybe they could have even thrown in a Cam Johnson or Nick Claxton for like those five first-round picks, which are, we don't know what it's going to turn out to. That's all i got to say. 
Subi, th- thanks for the call. And, and see, I almost wish Subi didn't call. And I love Subi. He's a, he's a great caller every time. But he puts something out there into the universe. And more importantly, he put something into my brain that, I, I got to be honest, I did not even entertain the thought of for a millisecond up until this point. And that was the possibility that the Knicks and the Nets meet in the play-in tournament and the Nets beat the Knicks. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Number one, I'm not even convinced that the Nets are even going to find themselves in the play-in tournament because they got a lot of issues right now. And number two, by the time the playoffs roll around, like you got to figure the Knicks are going to be at least a little bit more whole as far as available bodies. And even those Knicks players, whether it's Randall, whether it's OG, whoever it is, even, you know, 75, 80 percent, I'll still take my chances going up against the Nets. But I look, nobody was saying at the time that, you know, why didn't they go out there and get bridges? Why didn't everybody love the makeup of this team? Right before all these injuries came crashing down with everything, like people liked the direction this thing was headed. They were a scrappy group. They were a tough group. They had squad. I mean, you got two All-Stars on this team. See, let's not forget about that. You can't sit here and change the narrative about this club and say that, oh, you know, they, they, they were grinding out wins. They had two All-Stars. Right? I mean, there's 30 teams in the NBA. How many of them had more than one All-Star on their roster? What, three, four? I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. It's got, what, three, four teams? And the Knicks are one of them. So they had high-end players. Now, you might not consider them to be, like, number one franchise-type, you know, altering uh, players, but still, it was good enough to win games because they were winning games. Question is, are they going to be able to get back to that point at any point the rest of the year? But you also got to prepare yourself that... If they don't go all the way to the conference finals, which right now looks pretty damn bleak, you can't sit there and say that this season was a failure. I'm not, I'm not going that way. Because I think you have to be honest enough to acknowledge that injuries are what crashed and burned this season. Right now, you talk about scaling back expectations, here's what I'll give you. On March the 1st, not knowing when these guys are going to be back and what condition they're going to be when they return, I'll take around. How about that? Knicks win around, I'll be satisfied. Because I don't know realistically if you could expect much more. Right now, the way this team is going right now, look in the Eastern Conference and you tell me that they absolutely should beat. I'm talking about like the top four or five teams. Not better than Boston. Right now, you're not better than Cleveland. Hell, Milwaukee's won four in a row. And you you guys know I can't stand the coach. Philadelphia, I don't know what to make of them. I mean, Embiid said the other day that he wants to come back no matter where they are in the standings. I don't know if that's the wisest move because I think that management should intervene and be like, Joel, we're not winning anything this year. I think you should maybe sit this one out. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So we'll get back to the Knicks a little bit later on. When we return, though, we're going to switch gears and do a little football. And we'll start with the Giants here on this one because we're talking about a team that's still trying to better itself and to get some more pieces. Saquon staying or going? You bringing in another quarterback to eventually take over for Daniel Jones? Yes or no? So you're trying to stockpile talent, and now meantime, we find out today the Giants might be losing another piece of that offense and one that really hasn't even made his mark yet wearing a Giant uniform. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grosser Show on this Friday, 98.7 ESPN. We're rolling until 9 o'clock tonight. Then you got Anita. She's got the weekend wager. And I hear, I can't confirm, but I hear there's a big Academy Awards segment that is brewing in the kitchen as well for that program. So you want to stick around for that. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number at Dan Grasses where you can get me on the old X. We'll get into the football here in just a bit, but we want to finish up with these Knicks calls. We want to say hi to Keith in the Bronx, who is up next here on 98.7. Keith, how we doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to call you back because I hear you, you've you been going off the last 15 minutes. So my point is this. Um, yes, we injured. You see Milwaukee got injured. Philadelphia... 76ers are injured. Um, they hanging in there. So I'm trying to say the next 22 games, what we can do is get our players back and use this like training camp. We'll get ourselves well. And then if we happen to, I mean, bottom line is we're going to make playoffs. It depends on what type players is in the play-in or the regular playoffs. And we can use that to build our team up to get back to where we were. That's my point. Yeah, but Keith, let me ask you a question. Are you confident where this team is right now to where they might sink in the standings? And let's say, as you say, training camp, you get into the playoffs, and you're comfortable with this team possibly dropping all the way down to the playing tournament and then making a run in the postseason? Based upon the level of competition, um, and that's depending on if Randall can come back I don't think he's going to come back 100%. Because playoffs, they hit, they, they hit you. They, the, the refs allow you to be more physical in the playoffs. So saying all that, my concern is if we get the, the um, Mackie, that's his name, on um, the other guy that we traded for from Toronto, if he's able to be at least 90, 80 to 90%, that will kind of help us to pull it out and everybody else will pull together as a team and work out. Um, I think it's take out chance. I'm not. There's no championship here. So if you want me to say that, there's no championship here. No, I, look, Keith, I agree with you. There's no champ. I mean, that's that's stating the obvious. And I thank you for the phone call. I mean, the Knicks aren't winning a championship this this season. But right now, I don't even know what you're getting in in, in the postseason. And who's Mackey, by the way, Anthony? Like I was sitting there racking my brain. Who's Mackey? I don't. Do you know. mean Malachi Flynn? Who's gone? Who's now not even on the team anymore? Could be. Remember, when they tra- they made the trade with Toronto, Keith, you got OG Ananobi, you got Malachi Flynn, and you got Precious Achua. Malachi Flynn was then part of the trade to the Pistons, which brought you Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks. 
See, that's like right now, if this was all pre-trade deadline, maybe the Knicks would have different plans, but can't do anything right now. This is your team. Trade deadline is coming gone. If this was hockey, it's a different story because you still got another week before the trade deadline in hockey, but out of the NBA. And that's the thing, like, you got to be careful about, you know, we get the players back and use it. You can't say that. Because this was going to be a hard road for this team if they finished, let's say, with the four seed in the Eastern Conference. If they drop down to, you know, seventh, eighth or whatever in that play-in tournament, and then they have to, let's say, God forbid, play the Celtics in the first round, you really think they're beating Boston? Of course not. It's an unfortunate series of circumstances. Which has befallen this team. Al's in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Al. How are you? Al, you there? All right, we're going to drop Al. His I don't point know what was he's so doing. strong yeah. that it got swept away. That's what I'm saying. It's like gale force winds or something like that. Where's, where was he calling from? I hope he's all right. I hope he's okay too. I mean, I, do, do you think he still have his has his point though? If we find him, I think. I think. If, I think if we find him again, he'll have his point for sure. I hope so. I want to hear from Chris is in Monmouth County. That's, of course, in New Jersey. He's up next. Christopher, how are you? Dan, thank you for taking the call. I am not engaged in any gale force winds at the moment. Thank goodness. Well, you know, especially down the shore there, it could get a little gusty in the winter. You know that. <laughs> Listen, Monmouth County, people say it's the best place to live in New Jersey, but that's a debate for another day. <laughs> Where in Monmouth County you live? So I live in Manalapin. Okay. But truth be told... I'm actually from Mercer County. I'm from Heightstown. Very proud of it. Not too far from Princeton, but I live in Alpine with my wife and my daughters for the last 18 years. So I'm Chris from Monmouth County. I give love. But anywhere in the world, I'm from Heightstown, New Jersey. Very proud of it. I, I, know, I, I like Mercer. Mercer County's got some nice real estate down there. It's nice. Very yeah, listen, horse, horse, country, really horse country. Horse country. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan, so I watched the game last night. We've talked before. Listen, am I worried about the Knicks? I mean, a little bit, but I'm excited to get to the playoffs, whether we're the eighth seed or whatnot. But you're right. Do we beat the Celtics? No. Here's my issue. The injuries are what they are. We don't have who we have. Again, we got to, like, you know, next man up mentality, which is fine. What is up with Bogdanovich driving to the hoop, handling the ball? Wasn't he brought here to just really shoot the rock? from the corner or an open J. Like, I've seen this now for the last two weeks with him, and I can see Brunson and Hart kind of getting a little frustrated. Like, dude, I can live with Burks, like, shooting like a maniac, and that's fine because that's what he did when he, when he was with us. It's a little sloppy, but am I nuts? Am I seeing things, or is he trying to drive the hoop more than he really should and handle the ball? I think he's trying to do a little bit more because, as I said, with the, with the scoring missing from the first unit, a guy like him coming off the bench, I think, is just trying to do a little bit more and then some. And, th- and that's not what he is cut out to do. Like, exactly. that's not his game, right? You exactly. look at You look at his... I and mean, this is a guy... Now, look, Detroit was a horrible team. You know, you and I could get minutes for the Pistons. That's how bad they are, even though they almost beat the Knicks this week. But this is a guy who was scoring 20 a game for the Pistons. He's not scoring 20 a game here. He's not shooting the ball as well as he did no. with the Pistons. Not even close. He shot the ball 46% from the field with Detroit. He's only shooting at 41 as a Nick. And it's scary, Dan, because, like, that's the guy you need in the playoffs to go off like Max Struess did against us last year. Vincent did against us last year. Those are the guys. Like, like, again, it's, it's Bogdanovich more than it is Burks that we need to go up. And I'll tell you who else I like. And he's getting some play is I really like 
Uh, who's the little point guard number two? Deuce McBride. I Deuce. like Deuce McBride. Deuce is a guy, and I think, Chris, thanks a lot for the phone call. I appreciate you. Enjoy Mercer County. And, of course, shout out to Monmouth. Deuce McBride is a guy who, you know, I don't know if the minutes that he's playing was necessarily going to be in the cards when the trades were made. And especially if everybody was healthy. Remember, because we were talking about, well, it's going to come at the expense of somebody's playing time. Well, who is it going to be? And he thought it might be McBride, but he's still getting at least 20-something minutes a game. Now, could it be more? Sure. But the one that I'm really concerned about, I'm going to tell you, and you could go back and check the tapes. Going back to December. Hartenstein clearly is not right. He even said himself, you know what? I should probably sit for another couple of more weeks, but I, I can't afford to do that right now because the team needs me. But I said back when Mitchell Robinson got hurt and Hartenstein entered the starting lineup, And he went out there and all of a sudden he's playing 35, 40 minutes a night. After a while, that takes a toll, especially for a guy who's not used to logging that type of minutes. All right, it was great. He was pulling down all those rebounds. He was doing the dirty work. And he would look, he was good. But you wondered if it was sustainable because he was playing minutes and he was asked to do things that he had not been doing before. And now we're starting to break down a little bit at the most inopportune time for this team. They need all hands on deck. And look, I defend Tibbs. I've defended this guy for years. When everybody wanted to throw him out of town after the Atlanta series, the next season, when they missed the playoffs and, you know, blame him for everything that was wrong with the Knicks. I'm a Tibbs backer. But he loses me a little bit with the way he's distributing the minutes, for example, now with the roster he has. Look, and I get it. He's just trying to throw stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. Right? I'm, I'm trying to buy in. But you can't have Alec Burks, a guy you swear up and down heaven and earth to, uh, to and that's one of the reasons why he's back here, because Tibbs loves him. Right? Selfless player, everything. But you can't explain to me why Alec Burks is only playing 10 minutes a game and he got Josh Hart out there playing all but 45 seconds. That doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. If you want to say that you don't have faith in anybody else, well, okay, then why are they on this team? Why'd you go out and trade for them? Right? Because you traded for the two guys from Detroit because you thought that they could help put you over the top and give you that boost from the second unit. You're wasting time. And then he goes up there after the game, Tibbs, and he's talking about how impressive like Alec Burks' net rating was the last two, three games. It's like, okay, great. That net rating means nothing if he's only playing 10 minutes a night. I mean, right now, he only trusts nine guys. And when I say trust, I use trust in air quotes. You know, Jericho Sims is playing 20 minutes a night because he has to. If everybody was healthy, Jericho Sims would barely be seeing the floor. So you might as well, if you got these guys healthy, you might as well play them. it's, It's become like a marathon here. You got to get these guys to the finish line. All right, we're going to try Al in Brooklyn one more time and see if he's got that line straightened out. Al, you're with us. Dan, I'm here. Can you hear me? There he is. What's up, Al? What's going on? We're worried about you. What's up? Yeah, yeah. No, I was on the highway. had you on speaker, so it was kind of a friction in the phone call. Gotcha. So, listen, I got a quick play. First time caller. First of all, I love your show. Love um, you. These guys that call and they complain about 
players that are available or so-called available. Like the last a few, couple of quarters ago, somebody called Mikel Bridges, give him five picks for or whatever. Two things, okay? And you guys got to stop entertaining these callers. One, every indication was the Nets were not moving Mikel Bridges. You couldn't get him. They turned down four first-round picks for him. That's every indication said that. Okay, two, is Mikel Bridges a player that's worth five first-round picks? No. Like, you guys got to – exactly. You got to stop entertaining these callers and tell them you're speaking nonsense. You well, the other thing, too – and Al, he, Al, the other thing, too, you want to talk also about Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges said he didn't want to come to the Knicks. He's like, they're good. With all those Villanova guys already out there, there's no more room for me. That's good. You know, he knew that he would exactly. kind of just not exactly – he'd just be another face in the crowd. Exactly. So you got you got a, a good front office for years. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Been a Knicks fan for years. I've been through the Starks in Houston, uh, you know, dying in, in Houston against Houston in the playoffs. And you have a front office making all the correct moves. Let these guys work. It's unfortunate that we have the injuries and the rash of injuries that we've had lately, but we just got to fight through it, stick through it, and hopefully come playoff time we – we're able to get players back and make a strong push, push in the playoffs. Yeah, Al, look, from your lips, and I appreciate the phone call, but you just don't know what it's going to look like. See, it wasn't all that long ago. You know, we don't have to go into the archives. It was pretty recent that we were sitting here singing, at least I was, singing the praises of Leon Rose and this front office and the job that they did bringing in these players and assembling this roster. It looked like a perfect fit. It was a team that the city could get behind. We're Precious Achua, remember? The fine that he was. He was supposed he was a throw-in in the OG Ananobi trade. He was a throw-in. And then this was a guy going out there, getting double-doubles, playing good minutes for you, making big plays, bringing that element that this team was missing, especially once Julius went down. And then it just it was like dominoes, one after the other. You can't make up for that. You can't just expect to dust yourself off and say, oh, yeah, we're just going to keep winning games like we did before. No, it don't work that way. You know, after a while, it was almost like what the Jets were going through. If I can equate it to football on the offensive side of the ball, like all those offensive linemen getting hurt and going down and all the different combinations. And then you're down to the third quarterback and the fourth quarterback. It's like, what do you expect to happen? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasso Show.
on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I got the Yankee game on. Spring training against the Jays down in Tampa. And how about this? Garrett Cole got the start tonight. And before he could even get out of the first inning, was greeted rudely by the sweet swinging lefty. Daniel Vogelbach, who turns on one deep into the Tampa sky into the night for a two-run jack. Anthony, did I not say that was going to happen when Vogelbach signed with the Blue Jays? When they come to the Bronx this year, he will probably hit like three or four home runs into that short right field porch. Well, he's going to be a Yankee killer. Yankee killer. Now, do you throw the panic button up like the caller on my show, on the Michael K show, who said that Carlos Rodon gave up four home runs in batting practice today? Oh, but I, I'd cut him. I'd like cut between him. him and Cole, who do you have to start now? <laughs> who, wait a sec. How, who's actually tracking batting practice home runs? I blame Brian Hoke. Oh, he, I think Brian? He, yeah, well, any of, the, any of the beat people over there probably tweeted it out. I got to send Brian a message and say, how dare you? How dare you how disparage dare you? the name yeah. that is Carlos Rodon? How, how dare you report things? How dare you do your job? Well, now he's not panicking. He I, just I, says, I, "Hey, guess what? Carlos Rodon gave up four home runs today," and everybody's like, "Oh no!" I would not be panicking. No, I, I, I think that all is right with the world. And now, look, Rodon needs to have a big season, but am I going to panic now because he gave four home runs in BP? No, I am not. That is not the way to go here. Um, let's talk some Giants because look, the Saquon conversation. Really got kick-started again earlier in this week when Joe Shane was at the Combine and, you know, he answered all those questions about Barkley. Team would love to keep him. They don't plan on really using the franchise tag despite the fact that you have now more flexibility with the increase in the salary cap, but they want to be able to work out some sort of a contract that's going to benefit Barkley and it's going to benefit the Giants. Now, Saquon's free to talk to anybody else now in a couple of weeks, Right, And there's some talk that maybe you know the Houston Texans could be a nice fit because they got a lot of salary cap space. He and C.J. Stroud have seemed to strike up a little bit of a rapport. Barkley would be the number one, you know, clear-cut number one running back on that team that has a lot of good young weapons already and seems to be an ascending offense. But he's also going to go someplace where the money is right. And I think that if all things are equal, he's going to stay with the Giants. He's made that quite clear. He wants to be a Giant. But I made the point yesterday... That if you're the Giants and if you want to bring Saquon back, that's fine. I I have no issues with that. You know, he's a good football player still. I think he still has some good football left. But can you win? And this is where I have my doubts. Can you win in the NFL in 2024 with a running back as your best player on offense? I don't think you can. I'm not saying, you know, go nine and eight win and sneak in as a wild card. I'm talking about win the whole damn prize. Where you're up there on the trophy and the confe- or up there on the stage and you got the trophy in your hands and the confetti is falling. That's the type of winning I'm talking about. I don't know if you can. And you could say to me, well, what about San Francisco? Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I know Christian McCaffrey, but think about how many other dudes you had on that offense. There was like McCaffrey and then 1A, 1B, 1C. I mean, they were loaded. Giants aren't loaded. And that's why if you're Joe Shane... And Brian Dable, you got to go out there and continue to stack the cupboard when it comes to weapons for this offense. They need help. I don't care if you believe in Daniel Jones or not. Right? I don't care if you believe that he's your long-term answer or not. You got to at least give him some help. Whatever quarterback you want under center, you got to give him something to work with. 
There's very few guys in this sport that can go out there, I'm talking about quarterbacks, and could just put a team on their back with nothing around them and still win. Giants don't have one of those guys. I mean, hell, the guy who's the best doing it still needs a little bit of help. And what happened with Kansas City this year? They won a Super Bowl, not on the strength of their offense. They won a Super Bowl strength of their defense. It was the best defense that they've ever had since Patrick Mahomes came into the league. So you're trying to bring in weapons if you're the Giants. And then you wake up today and you see this story and you see this news about Darren Waller. And look, Darren Waller last year, it's no secret. He'd like a do-over. All right? I thought that he was going to have a massive season for the Giants. Massive. Change of scenery. Hope he's healthy. I thought he was going to be the number one target in this offense, the number one weapon. But it didn't work out that way because he got hurt. And it was the hamstring again, the same thing that kind of sabotaged him a little bit during those years with the Raiders at the end, which is one of the reasons why the Raiders finally gave up on him and traded him to the Giants. So you said, okay, maybe he'll bounce back next year, healthier, second year in the offense, put up those numbers that you're expecting to see with a guy who was, you know, a pro bowler, all pro once upon a time. Well, then you get a report today that Darren Waller's considering retirement. And apparently he was telling people around the organization that he thought about hanging it up after the season because he's so frustrated dealing with the hamstring injury that he just can't shake. The fact that the offense and the team itself woefully underperformed last year. And then later in the day, they were talking it back. There was a, a conflicting report that said, no, he's, 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 he's coming. Or no, the, the original report was he was contemplating retirement at the end of the season, but no, he's going to give it a go and he's going to play again in 2024. Then another report came out later in the day where his agent said, no, 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 he hasn't made any decision yet. He's still contemplating it and thinking it over. Well, that to me is alarming. And if you're a Giant fan, you could say, oh, well, good riddance, the hell with you. You didn't do anything for us anyway. Oh, that's not the attitude to take, though, with this. Because if healthy, this is a really, really good football player. And a team like the Giants, that in my opinion, and if you watch them play, you know that offensively they don't have enough really, really good football players. They shouldn't try to be discarding the few that they have. They should try to be surrounding them with more good football players. So here you have a situation with Waller where he's contemplating walking away. Well, what's the old saying? Bill Parcells used to say, when a guy is thinking about hanging him up, he's already retired. Right? And that's a dangerous situation. So a guy's got one foot out the door ready. You bring him back next year and all of a sudden you're going to trust him deep down that, that, that it's all there. His head, his body, his mind. And he's going to be able to give it all to go play football. And when I say give it his all, not just on Sundays, but how many months leading up to training camp, putting in the work necessary to make sure you show up to camp in tip-top shape. All the work that has to go in from Monday through Saturday in the meeting room, on the practice field, in the weight room, everything. That, to me, is troubling. And the Giants need to get some game breakers. You know, if you believe in Daniel Jones and if you think he's your quarterback, at least for another year, how about going out there and getting him a number one wide receiver? You know, that's not against the rules. Like, you can actually do that. Don made the point yesterday when he and I were doing the K-Show. Think about those Super Bowl teams for the Giants. 
you know, where you're talking about the Hakeem Nixes and the Plaxico Burrises and the Mario Manninghams and the Steve Smiths and all those guys. Think about how many weapons Eli had. You know, Jeremy Shockey once upon a time. I know Shockey never, he was injured in that 07 season. He was sitting up in the box when they won the Super Bowl. But even at the tight ends, Kevin Bosses of the world, like guys, guys that can make plays, not to mention a real damn good running game. Have the Giants done enough to really and honestly make a firm evaluation about Daniel Jones? Have they? You know, and Daniel Jones, give him credit. He hasn't been a guy that go out there and point the finger and make excuses because if anybody deserves to, it's probably him. You know, John Mara, his boss, the guy that signs his checks, he came out and said publicly a couple of years ago, we've done everything possible as an organization to screw this guy up. If you're rolling with him again next year, how about you go out there and actually do things to, oh, I don't know, give him a chance to succeed. And a lot more than just re-signing Saquon Barkley or paying Saquon Barkley what he thinks he's worth. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. That is the telephone number if you want to be a part of the program. Dan Gross' show on this Friday, 98.7 ESPN. Remember, our little Saturday get-together commences at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So we look forward to that. we got Gross Us coming up at 8 o'clock. You want to stay tuned for that. Plus, plenty of your phone calls, of course. Like the one from Andy in Queens, who's next here on 98.7. Andy, how we doing this evening? How y'all doing? Good, Andy. What's up? I just... I want to talk about why does everybody bash me about making Saquon a priority? I don't think he should be a priority for us as Giants fans. Well, define define priority, Andy. Define priority. I don't think that he should be a lockup this offseason, and he shouldn't be the number one thing we look after. There's so many holes in our offense and in our defense that I don't think we should be locking up a, a running back that gets hurt ever so often, every year. And in reality, he's just going to keep getting older. So to lock him up for a three- to four-year contract, in my opinion, doesn't make sense. But say I bring it up, everyone has a problem with me saying it. And I just don't think that's right. I think that there's so many other things we should be worrying about. Wide receivers, linemen, linebackers. There's so many things we should be worrying about, not a running back. I, I'm not, and, Andy, look, I'm not going to beat you up over it. Now, now, one thing you said, though, that, you know, when you said you don't think they should give him a three or four year deal, he's not going to get a three or a four year deal. I, that, that, that's not going to happen in a million years. But I'll, I'll ask it to you this way. Would you have a problem if they re-signed Saquon, let's say, to a two year deal? Where, look, the, the years are irrelevant. It's all about the guaranteed money. But it's an affordable contract, which is not going to cripple them as far as the salary cap is concerned. Like, if, if I told you they were signing him to a two-year deal and they're going to pay him $10 million a year, do you think that's too strong? No, I agree with that. I 100%. I just, I just don't understand these people that want to throw a bunch of money at him. When, like I said, I just think there's so many other holes that we should fill before we even talk about a running back. Look at the Chiefs, for example, back-to-back champions. They got a guy like Pacheco. I'm not saying Pacheco's washed up, or I'm not saying Pacheco's a bum, but he's not a Derrick Henry. He's not even a Saquon Barkley. He's not. But they're winning championships because, overall, they have good depth and they have a great team. 
Hey, Pacheco's no bum. And he I went don't to think Rutgers. He's a great yeah, human being, Andy. That's why. And I thank you for the phone call. Look, all kidding aside, look, look the, Isaiah Pacheco, guess what? After next season or this upcoming season, the Chiefs are going to be able to extend him because you've got to wait at least three years. So if Isaiah Pacheco, let's just assume the Chiefs you know, have a good season this year but don't win a Super Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco's already got two Super Bowl championships, guy who's made big plays for this team, contributed to them winning as a seventh-round pick. He's going to want to get paid. Remember, because he's like making next to nothing right now. And the guy's been one of the key cogs in a two-time Super Bowl championship team. So don't you think he and his agents are going to want a lot more money than what the Chiefs are paying him now? What do you think Kansas City's philosophy is going to be? I know that here in New York you don't care, but I'm just trying to use that as comparison with Saquon. Do you think Kansas City is going to say, all right, we think you're good, we'd love to have you around, but we're not going to pay you $12 million a year because we can win without the running back? being a $12 million a year player. You're paying your quarterback, right? He's making a lot of money. You got some offensive linemen that are making a lot of money on that team. I don't know what Travis Kelsey's status is. I don't know how much longer he's going to play. But there's other guys that you might have to take care of. I mean, if Rasheed Rice keeps playing the way he is and keeps taking these strides, is that a guy you're going to have to pay? Organizations like the Chiefs, they know what they're doing. They know how to build a team. You know, and if you're the Giants, that's what you're trying to get the handle on right now. I've no look, if Saquon wants to take a little bit of a haircut and come in less than what that twelve point one million dollars would be for the franchise tag, I have no problem running it back with him. Because right now, going into the season, what is he gonna be? Twenty seven years old. He just turned twenty seven. I think he's got at least two more years of high productive football. Easy. But Don and I were talking about it on the K-Show yesterday. We were running through some of these other available running backs that are there to be had in the NFL. You know, Austin Eckler is a free agent. Austin Eckler is extremely productive out with the Chargers. Wasn't so much this year, but the previous two seasons, the guy had like 38 total touchdowns. Saquon Barkley even have 38 total touchdowns in his NFL career? Barely. You know, Josh Jacobs is available. Derrick Henry's available. Tony Pollard is available. Some of these guys, I'm not saying all of them, but some of them might even be asking for less than what Saquon wants. So if you're the Giants, knowing that you've got to bring in receivers, playmakers galore, fill a couple of spots in your offensive line, and if you could save that money to where you can put it to use at some other area to help your football team, and if it means you don't have Saquon... Guess what? Those are the tough decisions that you got to make when you're building a football team. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn. Up next here on 98.7. Hello, Artie. How are you? Damn, my man. And now I'm talking Knicks. Amazing. Amazing. What, like what, do, you, little, what do you got there? What are you, what are you stuffing your face with? What are you eating there, Art? Uh, I apologize. Wait. What do you got? Anything, is anything okay. good tonight or what? Daddy, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed right now. What do you got, Art? Come on. I'm so embarrassed. You're good. So we got. We're we're gonna make a playoff run. It's. I mean, are these guys gonna be healthy? I don't know. 
But here's the biggest disappointment out of everything. You're saying I'll be happy with one round, okay? Are we going to go another year trying to find out if Randall is the number two guy? Is that what we're going to have? Is that the excuse again? What do you, what do, you do? Do you make that big trade and try to get, like, one of these, you know, big superstars like Albeed and whoever else they could possibly get? Or do you stay with Randall? Because Here's the- – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you, you, you brought up Embiid. Here's, here's the thing. Do you think Philadelphia is going to alter their plan in the summertime? Like, you know, Embiid's always hurt. He's probably going to miss the rest of the season or, or close to it. If you're Philadelphia and you still haven't won with this guy, like, don't you think there comes a time where if, if somebody picks up the phone and calls them and makes them an offer they can't refuse, don't you think maybe they cut ties with him at some point? Yes, and that's why I'm asking you. Do you make that move not knowing about Randall? See, if Randall comes up big and they go in the second round, right, and this time he comes up big and he plays like he's playing in the season, and you say, oh, you got in shape, maybe the additions of Brunson and whoever, it took a little pressure off Randall, and now he's playing like he – the whole problem is that you see a totally different guy in the playoffs. And I'm not, now you won't know. You'll, 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 you'll say that the injury is the excuse. Right. Right or wrong. That, Artie, that's totally going to happen. And, and I thank you for the phone call. As always, my friend, you get back to us. I, look, obviously, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, and I don't know, you know to play the salary match game and what it's going to take. I'll just throw this question out there because Artie got me thinking. If I told you after the season's over. All right. Um, let's role play for a second here. Randall comes back, but he's still just eh in the playoffs. Let's say I'll be generous. I say Knicks, Knicks will have the same result as they did last year. They win a round, but then they go up against the better team in round number two when they lose. I don't know who that is, but let's just say their, their road ends in the second round. Randall, same thing. The injury derailed him. He tried to play through the soldier or the, the shoulder. Tough guy. Gave it his all, but he wasn't the all-star Randall in the playoffs again. Okay, Philadelphia. Don't make the playoffs. You know, let's say... Let's say Philadelphia falls into the play-in, okay? But Embiid, I, I, I don't know if he's coming back. Like I said, Embiid said he wants to come back. Regardless of where they are in the standings, he still wants to play. But what if Philadelphia tells him, Joel, just sit it out. You're not 100%. We're not winning a championship this year. Get as close to 100% as possible. Okay. Summertime comes around. If I asked you as a Knicks fan, Randall for Embiid as the center of a trade, no pun intended. You know, like I said, you're going to have to include some other things, draft choices, and, and, and make all the numbers match up. That's a given. But if I asked you as a Knicks fan, Randall for Embiid, summertime. Fourth of July, you're sitting there at the barbecue, hot dogs, burgers, maybe some nice barbecue chicken, right? You got the radio going, you got the swimming pool, the sparklers, the whole thing, patriotism, and then you hear over the, you get the alert on your phone, Julius Randle traded to the Sixers for Joel Embiid. You'd be happy about that if you're a Knicks fan? I think you got to do it. Got to do it. You know, even if it means making a change for the sake of making some change. And I know that this group that Leon Rose intended to put together, it never really got its chance to shine because of all the injuries. 
but you're talking about a guy who's an MVP. You know, Julius Randle's never going to win an NBA MVP. You know, he can make all-star teams and all that, good player, team guy, but his ceiling is not Joel Embiid's ceiling. Now, Joel Embiid's never been to a team that's been to the conference finals either. You know, he's got that against him. Maybe he'll never win in Philly. Maybe he needs to go someplace else to be able to have that ultimate success. Maybe New York is the right place. Fascinating, isn't it? Oh, got me thinking. I like it. I like it. Jay is in Brooklyn. He's next, 98.7. What's up, Jay? How you doing, Dan? How's everything, buddy? Jay, <laughs> what the hell is yes, going on with you? BKJ, man. What's going Jeez. on, man? Jay, know, it's only been, what, you know, like five years? Like man, listen, we've been talking about, you know, my son being up at Pitt. Tyquan went ahead and went up to uh, New England Patriots, so that's a good look for him. This is his uh, second year, but he redshirted, so he's going to get back up on it. And, big uh, things this year. We'll be talking. Yeah, very big things. Very, very big things. He 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 got an academic um, achievement where he got three point seven right now. So wow, I'm very stoked about that. I'm so he got so he got that from his mother's side, right, Jay? Very much so. You know that, man. <laughs> you, know, you know we don't have that much intelligence. <laughs> yes, yes. But, man, it's good to hear from you. And uh, tell good old Evan I said what's up. You know what I mean? Will do. And, um, what do you think about yes, Saquon? I'll, Talk I'll to me. Right. So what I would like to say is that I think the Giants need to go ahead and dangle him out there, see what they can get. I think a lot of NFL teams make the mistake on trusting analyticals. And a lot of these people who are saying, oh, you need a quarterback, you need this, you need that. No, you need to be in your thinking room. You need to be in your thinking tank and basically come up what you need. Like if you need an offensive tackle, you need a safety, you need a linebacker. Fulfill those gaps. And also give Daniel Jones a little bit of protection. Like you look at all these quarterbacks who are young, they're out here trying to do their thing because they're trying to, you know, keep their job. And they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off because they don't have no protection. And, and, and everybody's like, well, what about Justin Fields? What about Daniel Jones? And I ain't going to say anything about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is in his own category. But just those other two who I'm talking about who really can, if you give them protection, it seems as if they have potential to do some great things. And Daniel Jones is very athletic. You know what I mean? Most people don't know Daniel Jones used to play ball. And um, he's a very, very athletic person. I love two, two sports um, um, athletes who come to play either football or basketball. So with that being said, I think um, what the Giants need to do is dangle him out there, see what they can get, see if they can get some protection for Daniel Jones, see if they can get a weapon, right, in the draft, and uh, go from there. You already got Hyatt, right? He's an outsider who can blow the top off. And uh, you just need a, a route runner. You know what I mean? A person well, you who's need, big. And, Jay, and, you know what it is? Jay, you know what it is? And, and, and great to hear from you, my friend. Is Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Always, tell uh, tell your son I said what's up. Um, the thing is, when you say dangle Saquon, remember, he's a free agent. Giants aren't in the position right now to dangle him at all. He, he's dangling it himself. Anthony, I don't know if we saved that one as a drop either. He's dangling himself, but you know what I mean. Um, he's a free agent, so he's free to talk to any team in the league starting in 10 days. Giants have the window right now, and they say they're not going to use the franchise tag on him. But 10 more days, he's free to talk to anybody. Question is, will there be a team out there that gives him the money that the Giants are not willing to approach? Good to hear from my man, Jay. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Grasas is coming up at 8 o'clock. We go till 9, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasas Show on 98.7 ESPN. Got Grasas coming up at about 8 o'clock. Not about 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock. Seven more minutes. I believe it's Anthony Pusick's first time being part of the show with Grasas. It really, I mean, listen, I, I like to think that my, that I started it. Um, I think that it was played first in my presence. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So you were on the ground floor when this That thing was happened. a moment in time. That was a moment, and now you see it like come to fruition. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was penned originally. <laughs> that's right. And oh, that's right. It was penned. That. You, yeah. Now you're getting what I'm saying. There you go. I remember that. It was yeah, penned exactly. originally, and it's that's turned right. into a, a sensation that's sweeping it, the nation. It is a success. All the kids are talking about it, and that's why we keep bringing it back. And you know, we keep rolling out fresh episodes too. You get a fresh one tonight, and you're going to get a fresh one tomorrow morning too. You got to be kidding me. Oh no, 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 no. We, you, you think we slack? No, you I never said slack? that at all. No, listen, I, I worked that morning shift on Saturday mornings and with Dave Rothenberg, nobody slacks on that shift. No, there's no slackage. And even though we have the quick turnaround, the Friday night show followed by the Saturday morning show, we give you two fresh episodes. How do you do it? Us. Do you just sleep in the studio? No. No. No, there's, there, there's enough creative fuel to make it happen. Wow. Did it last week. We're going to do it again this week. You're not going to hear the same sound twice. I look forward to it. That, well, you know, we got to get through this one first. That's true. I got to tell you something, though, before we get back to, to the calls and everything. And this is, you know, we, so we got Grasses coming up at 8 o'clock. I was so bummed, in all seriousness, um, when I saw that Richard Lewis passed away a couple of days ago. Uh, love that guy. Hysterical, 
you know, his role on Curb all these years is it, it is the perfect foil for for Larry David. Um, and he's a he was a New York guy. And even though, you know, he lived out in L.A. and California and, you know, had the Hollywood uh, career for all those decades, he was still very much a New York sports fan. Kept up with the New York teams, would go to Nick games, more so back in the day. He wasn't out and about as much recently, but, you know, certainly back in like the 90s when the Knicks were the thing and into the 2000s, you see Richard Lewis as being one of those guys sitting courtside. He was still a New Yorker at heart. And a lot of people... You know, especially even like in our industry or whatever, like over the last couple of days, like since he passed, like they went to, you know, social media and kind of have screenshotted different messages and so on and so forth that like maybe Richard Lewis had sent them like, you know, on, on Twitter over the years. And he, he actually sent me one. To be honest with you, you know, he started following me, you know, followed each other, so on and so forth. I don't remember how many years ago this was, but. Now, in hindsight, it's, I almost, it's a little bit of a regret because he did reach out and send me a, a direct message. And I had to look in my, my um, file and, and dig it up just to make sure it was still there. And I found it the other day. It was on April 9th, 2021. So almost three years ago. And I got to be honest with you. I never replied. I never wrote back. Because, you know, like there's so much phony stuff going on, especially like with with Twitter and social media and you don't know like who's hacked or or whatever. So I'm thinking to myself, why why would Richard Lewis be messaging me? You know, I'm just some yo-yo doing sports talk shows. And it was probably when I was still doing um, Mad Dog and, and, you know, Sirius XM and stuff because it was a national outlet and, you know, him being on the West Coast could hear and all that stuff. So um, reached out, sent me a nice message. I never wrote back because I wasn't sure it was indeed him. And now something like this happens and you just wish like, oh, man, I, I wish I would have written back and engaged. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we could have struck up a friendship talking about sports or or something like that. But, yeah, never, ever bothered to write back. But rest in peace to one of the greats. And I'm glad he was able to be a part of the final season of Curb. That's for sure. Because, you know, even that he was slowing down and he was dealing with a lot of stuff. It was good that he was able to be in, in one of the episodes here in that final season because I know how much uh, you know, he had spoken about how much it had meant to him over the years to be a part of it. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>